0: Thank you. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 46 of the Ambitious Freelancer podcast. So I have been kind of teasing this kind of episode for a while and I decided to finally do it so that whenever if anyone asks me like what kind of freelancing do you do? How did you get involved in this kind of freelancing? I'd be able to point them to this episode. So if you've ever wondered how I got into HR tech and all that good stuff where I started, how I have like morphed over the last few years, this episode is for you and i'm also going to talk about how i do your research so i know we kind of touched on this with samantha in her episode but i wanted to talk about how i personally do research and so that's going to be at the end of this episode so let's get into it So before we fully dive into today's episode, I want to remind you one very last time that this is the last week of content marketing bootcamp in the Facebook group, and I'm probably going to, I might leave the videos up indefinitely, but I also might not, so you want to get in the group. This week we're talking about social media marketing. It's Thursday, so it's pretty much got two more days of content marketing bootcamp, and then we'll be completely finished. This has been a wild ride, and I'd love for you guys to be able to actually see some of the stuff that we've been talking about we've talked about all kinds of topics in this and this week is going to be the end of it all so I'd love for you guys to be in the group and that's it so now let's get into the episode the main point of today's show is really all about how I got into HR tech as a niche and kind of where I've been like these last couple years like how I've progressed and uh, where I see myself in the next couple years I graduated graduate school in 2017 I I got my master's in sociology in the summer of 2017. So like August, I graduated. I was supposed to graduate in May, but there was a whole thing. I was lazy and I didn't feel like doing my thesis. So I extended and graduated in the summer and defended my thesis in the summer. There was just a lot of drama in my department that I really shouldn't have been privy to. And for a while, I thought my path was going to be going to get my PhD and then being a professor. I also had just some different things happening. So, So around the time that I was about to graduate like that fall I stupidly decided hey I should get a mentor outside of my school because I had mentors in my school but I wanted like more mentors because you think oh my goodness what's wrong with more mentors so I got this thing through Alpha Kappa Delta which is the sociology honor society and I connected with this person and they basically did not know me but they were trying to give me advice as if they knew me and it really kind of threw me off from the entire thing because essentially I wanted to apply my knowledge I don't think that I should be in this situation where if I have a whole master's degree, I shouldn't dig into applied sociology. But then they were like, well, applied sociology is looked down upon. And then I was like, okay. Also, it'd kind of be cool if I taught. But he was like, oh, but teaching positions aren't really available and you'd have to work really hard for one. So I don't know this person and I didn't work with them long because they didn't understand me. They didn't know me and I didn't like them. Yeah, I literally don't like this person whatsoever. I know it's kind of weird to say that that person. Like threw me off of my trail, but they really kind of did, looking back on it. They were the worst possible mentor I ever could have had in my entire life. And so, yeah, they did not know me personally. They didn't try to get to know me personally. And then they gave me all this advice that really threw me off from thinking oh maybe this isn't for me and that's really sad when a mentor does that so don't let a mentor do to you what they did to me and don't seek out mentors to be honest because sometimes I love like I I love having a mentor and I had many a mentor but like sometimes those programs are like oh get a mentor those aren't great programs to go through and I don't know why exactly did that but I did and so it really screwed me over in a way and I don't blame AKD for having that kind of a person as a mentor because you know it was like a volunteer thing but that person was not supposed to be a mentor and I don't know if they mentor better at their school or whatnot because they were a whole full-fledged professor and they were just a horrible person and that is my mentor rant so just be very specific about who you ask to be your mentor because some people are not great mentors and then they rub off on you. That was kind of my experience with sociology in the last year of that degree program. I just had a lot of drama in my school And a lot of drama, just unnecessarily, that I put on myself because I went after that mentor. And then I just, I was unsure. I loved my undergraduate sociology experience. I had some of the best professors. They were always, like, on my side. And they always, like, you know, worked with me and, you know, gave me great feedback. And they were there for me a lot. I loved my sociology professors in undergrad. But as I got into graduate school, and I still loved those professors. They were just flawed people. And I think that... I saw it a lot more. I'm not saying that my undergrad professors were perfect. I didn't know them as well. I did get to know them a lot more in my last semester because I was working within the sociology department, but I knew them a lot less than I knew my I knew my graduate professors because with graduate school, it becomes that like more crossover, I feel like. And also I feel like A-State was just really bad at like having as much of that um disconnect. I don't know. I think even undergraduate students at A-State had way more connection connection to their professors than they should have, and I don't know if that was just departmentally or just all of the departments, but I feel like there's a kind of importance of hiding things. I don't know, you don't want to hide things, but you don't need to tell everybody everything, and I feel like if you want people to have a good learning environment, it's okay to have a little disconnect, you don't have to bring all your drama to work, and yeah, that's just my take personally on things. So yeah, that's kind of my experience and what kind of drove me to think about something different. So the entire time I was in school from 2011, which is when I started college on, I was also blogging. So I started my blog in November of 2011, so it'll be nine years in November. And it's not the Happy Art Kansas as it is today, it was called like, it was a Tumblr blog when I first started it. And I've morphed it and actually didn't become the Happy Kansas until after I graduated college because it was college related at first. And so after I graduated college, even though I was going to graduate school, I didn't want to be the college blog anymore. So it changed to the Happy Arkansan in the summer of 2015. That was something I always did from like November 2011 on. So I did it all throughout graduate school. I did it all throughout college. And at the end of graduate school, I decided that, you know, I really like to write. Writing was one of my favorite things to do. And I wanted to figure out how I could write for a living. So after I graduated graduate school, I decided to just give writing for a living a try. And so I first started. My main goal was just to make some money I just wanted to make money so I started with what I knew which from like graduate school and college and like having a blog was mostly like higher education and digital marketing so I worked with a few companies to create content about digital marketing and about higher education I worked with some pretty cool companies in higher education like Chegg and also worked with some digital marketing agencies and digital marketing websites and things like that I talked about a lot of topics but the thing with that is is that I don't feel like I was making as much as I could be making and it might have just been like people I was going after in those niches because I feel like I was going after bloggers instead of companies and I feel like maybe if I had went after companies in those same niches I would have actually made more money but I mean Tech is a company but they weren't paying anything they're on Upwork they're still not paying anything whenever I see their jobs in Upwork they're not paying anything for the content they're creating and so I don't know if they're doing most of their content creation in-house but I worked with them and they're like they have a whole host of companies and they just didn't pay much like I think at most I'm made like $50. Well, I got most of them made like a hundred-ish an article, but that was something that was really detailed and involved. It was a more research-heavy thing. For the most part, I was making like $50 a blog post, so most of it was like very small-scale stuff. I started with a new, like I said, higher education and digital marketing, and I worked those scenes for a while, but it just wasn't doing what I wanted it to do. So also in 2017, I found a company called Adventure, and they had this lock integration they were in the hr tech niche they were not expensive you guys they were not like paying me buku's money for a post i was paid like 35 dollars for a post but the thing that really drew me to them is just it was interesting it was interesting content and they were consistent for a while for a few months there the first time i ran across them on upwork they were doing a post about open offices and when i saw that i was like wow that's interesting i love open offices i love what i don't love open offices i love the concept of talking about open offices as a millennial. And so I literally just told them, hey, I'd love to write this post. I think I have a good angle about it as a, you know, a millennial and how I feel personally about open offices. And I think I can really bring a lot to this conversation. And so I actually ended up reaching out to someone I knew from a Twitter group. Like those Twitter chats that used to happen back in the day. I had ran across her. She is amazing. Her name is Nicole. And she sent me some quotes from my article. So it was $35. Again, I was still being paid $35. I think they gave me a bonus on that one though. So I think I got paid $40 for that one. And so I, you know, I gave my two cents. I got the person to include a quote in it. So I asked her about the topic and she sent me some quotes over so I can include them in the article and give her a link back. So so I basically just, you know, really went in on this. And so I created content for them for a while. Basically all that, all that end of the year. So like the fall of 2017 or like the fall winter of 2017. I worked with them and I wrote stuff on things like perks and benefits and leadership quotes. I did some TED Talk stuff where I like listed some TED Talks. I talked about employee engagement and I really just got interested in this entire niche. And so I was Excited. so like I said I worked with them for a little bit and in 2018 I worked with some other companies most of it was ghostwritten, so I really can't really say I mainly worked with like a digital marketing company who worked with them so it's was working with an agency who worked with them and then I was writing the content and I got to write a bunch of cool content with them and think about a bunch of different brands also just working on even like an ebook for them like I worked on the contents of the ebook and then they put it together so I worked in that and yeah and also. in 2018 I took a course with Abby Peretz of the successful freelance mom she had this course in 2018 called double your freelance writing income and it was interesting to get in that group and I took the course it wasn't cheap I don't think but it was reasonable and so I got in that course and in that course I think we had like some kind of session with her that was included I don't remember the exact details of that session so I think it was like a 30-minute session to basically just talk about our freelancing goals and stuff like that. I remember it being pretty interesting course. So yeah, I just looked it up and it was a uh, you know four hundred dollars plus investment. I actually ended up saving like a hundred dollars because I think she did like a coupon or something um for people on her list. So it was an interesting course and. I don't know, it just, I'm really appreciative that I took the course, though, because without that course, I probably wouldn't have went first into HR Tech, because on that call that we did, that I deal with Abby Peretz, she encouraged me to go after HR Tech officially because at the time like I said I was in like three different niches I was in digital marketing higher education and I was also in HR tech so I had all this stuff going on and I wasn't really making lead lead ways with any of them especially not you know higher education or digital marketing because I wasn't really approaching the right people so yeah in 2018 I decided at the end of 2018 I decided that HR tech would be the niche that I went after full force and so I also connected with Workbright around that same time i connected with them and i pitched them and i've been working with them since like late 2018 and in 2019 i went full like force into it and i've been working with them consistently since 2019 like in 2018 i just did a couple of posts with them here and there and then ever since 2019 the beginning of 2019 i've been creating like multiple posts a month for them and then also doing like daily stuff on their social and also I've been doing like lately I've been like getting into doing their emails or one email for them a month so I've been super into Workbright, and then I also found some work on Upwork around the same time so some of those things I've been burnt by I've been burnt by a lot of HR tech companies so I'm not saying the niche is perfect but I have been able to make some consistent like you know advancements now I work with companies like VidCruiter and Bonusly and Greenhouse and Workbright still too so it's been really cool i worked with some companies on Clear Voice. i worked with some companies on Upwork. But, like, I really have been recently just trying to do more pitching. And pitching companies I'm super excited about. So, in the Facebook group, I did talk about, like, the dream client's wish list. So, I've been going through that, kind of making my own dream client's wish list. And then pitching those companies in 2020. So, it's just been a wild ride. So, yeah, I spent... 2019 focusing exclusively on this niche like I hardly ever go outside of HR tech although I did I have been turning to dabble into like co-working I talked about that on Sam's episode yeah and so I've been just trying to see how can I like branch out a little bit from HR tech I love HR tech and I'm never going to stop it but I do want to add some different options so I can maybe make a little bit more of consistent income so now we're going to move into the second part of this which is okay, Amanda, you're in this weird niche, but how do you do the research? You have a degree in sociology. We heard you talk about your sociology rant earlier. So how do you do that? So obviously, I feel like, to be honest, it's very similar HR to sociology. Um, A lot of sociologists or people who get a degree in sociology actually go into HR. So it is something that's an available option that people tend to do sometimes. And so for me, what I try to do is I try to, I don't, Like I said in Sam's episode, I don't talk about Max Weber all the time. I don't talk about these sociologists, but I do talk about a lot of the concepts. It's a way for me to apply sociology. Take that to that person who said applied sociology is bad. And so I look down upon. So I really don't talk about like the major concepts. But I use a lot of the skills I learned in sociology, like writing and research, and also just the concepts of sociology. Sociology is the study of people in groups, so when you are doing stuff about HR you're learning about people in groups you're learning about how people work together or how people don't work together and how to create teams that work and how to create an, a company culture that helps people you know share their opinions and do great things how to create a diverse workplace like all of these things are things that sociologists could study there's a whole field of sociology about work and work life so we have to be okay that sometimes maybe our paths are not the paths we thought they'd be and that's okay and so so, like, how do I do the research? So, I use a number of different ways to do my research. So, Google is obviously a big one. We talked about that in Sam's episode. You know, Googling a topic, you can come up with all kinds of posts about it, all kinds of everything about it. I also go to YouTube a lot because sometimes I want to watch a video about something. If I'm, like, super unsure about how to get through the concept, I love to go to YouTube and watch an explainer video because YouTube is filled with explainer videos about a variety of topics, not just beauty tutorials. There's all kinds of stuff on YouTube at this point and different people talk about different things and I love to just go on YouTube and see if I can find what I need and like an explainer video. So another thing I use is books. If I have a particularly big topic that I'm focusing on, it's making me a lot of money. Like, you know, if the post is actually like worth it, like $250 or more a post or something, I will get a book about a topic if it makes sense to me. Otherwise, I could also just use like clips of the book like the look inside feature on amazon you can look at like the table of contents and kind of dig in the first couple pages and that could be an option you could go looking for like a synopsis of the book on youtube after you've seen the book that you like oh that's a book that's interesting maybe you can go and look at like the cliff notes version or whatever another thing i go to just like general research about topics downloads and freebies so a lot of companies in the hr tech niche have their own personal downloads and freebies that they offer for their clients and things I get a lot of them (laughs) you know if I can find something that's interesting to me like employee engagement or you know diversity or something I'll usually download the reports download the freebies download the ebooks and also webinars because a lot of HR tech companies do use consistent webinars for their people too um there are virtual summits for HR tech and HR in general that I like to go to so it's just a matter of like going to those places where you can learn more general stuff but also more specific stuff so specifically you should go to like google get a like look at books go to youtube but if you're like more general knowledge just about hr tech in general because like i said i don't really know much about hr in general those are where i go to like downloads and freebies and webinars and summits so it's just a matter of like getting my research up in general getting my knowledge up in general but then also specifically for blog posts there are places to go do that research so Another thing I like to do, if I spend a a consistent or like a a huge amount of time on one particular type of topic, like for instance, I really focused this recently for Bonusly on on how to do surveys. So, and how to do specifically pulse surveys. That's a very specific piece of knowledge. So I try to use that knowledge in other places. So this winter, I did a post with Greenhouse about, you know, how to do an inclusivity pulse check in or like an inclusivity check-in for the new year and I did talk about pulse surveys using some of the research I did for bonusly it's just something I did and also I'm doing another article with Bonusly this month or right now. And so I made sure to include a little bit of that tie back into the research I did for that article. And I'm going to link to that article within the post. So here's the thing. I don't interlink my clients. So I would never put a Bonusly link on a Greenhouse article or a Greenhouse link on a Bonusly article. Especially not an article I've personally written because I just think that's kind of slimy. I would never do that. I don't think it's good to cross them over too much. So I will use the research I did outside of those company websites just to make sure I'm not, like, any, like, weird thing happening. I don't ever want anyone to think that I'm a slimy person or that I'm doing it to, like, get backlinks from one company to another company. That's not what I'm doing here. I never link from Bonusly to Greenhouse, or Greenhouse to Bonusly. You know, Greenhouse to WorkBright, WorkBright to Greenhouse. Like, I would never do that. I use the other research I've done outside of those websites, so things like Forbes and Inc. and SHRN so the Society for Human Resources Management and so those are the kinds of articles I link to in those articles not within my clients because that's just not who I am so another option or another example of this is that I wrote about how to help your employees have a productive summer or stay productive during the summer with greenhouse and then part of that was creating a summer schedule so for Workbrite I created an entire article about creating a summer schedule so I went way more in depth in the work bright article because it was about one specific topic which was should you create a summer schedule for your office. I talked about like the different types of summer schedules and then I talked about the pros of a summer schedule and I talked about how to make it work or whatever for your business. So I talked about all kinds of stuff with summer schedules. With the greenhouse article, it was all about productivity. So I talked about things like creating a summer schedule, but I also talked about things like letting the light in so your people can see the brightness of the sun, and also talked about things like productivity techniques like the Pomodoro technique teaching people productivity and also talked about all kinds of things so summer schedules were just one of the examples I gave for that article but it really broke down all kinds of other amazing ideas so I think you can reuse research you just have to do it in a non-slimy way you have to do it make sure you're doing it in a great way and then you'll be able to do it so don't be afraid to reuse research if it seems appropriate or if it seems like you have a lot of extra research or you're doing a lot of extra research for one client because, you know, you don't have all day. Use that research over and over until it becomes, like, dried out and crusty and unnecessary. So, yeah, I would say use your research, use your skills, you know, do it over and over again until you have that ability. So, basically, that's pretty much it for how I do research research and how I learned. There's so much to learn, you guys. It's okay if you have a whole new niche. It's okay if you, you know, branch out of your comfort zone and get into something different because there's so much information out there. And really, the skills to pay the bills are your ability to do the research, especially when it comes to writing. So if you can do the research and you know how to synthesize information and you know how to break it down it something you can actually understand and that other people can understand, that is the goal. So it's not necessarily that you need all of this concrete evidence and research and knowledge to get started like you can obviously you want to make sure that you can do the research so before you accept a position and before you accept an opportunity make sure that you feel confident that you can actually get the job done because that's your job but I mean other than that you don't have to know every single thing about every single thing because that's what research is for so I hope you guys enjoyed this episode so there you have it another episode of the ambitious freelancer is in the books i really hope you guys loved learning about my own personal story when it came to freelancing i have so much that i'm doing this year in 2020 i know this year is going to be my year and that's what i'm fighting for so yeah that is pretty much all for this episode i'd love to know how you guys started your own niche so definitely let me know on the facebook group how you found your niche and you know if you're trying to pivot in 2020 or like what your goals are for the year and i will see you soon with another episode of the Ambitious Freelancer. Bye!